With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I'm delighted to welcome to the Toolstation Western League podcast, Dave Wilkinson, a man synonymous with Radstock Town Football Club. But it's not Radstock we're going to be talking about today, Dave. Um, I want to have a chat with you about the Premier League Stadium Fund. Uh, Now, you've become involved with this. Can you tell us a bit about your role? Um, it's it's an overseeing role. I've joined the independent panel um, review panel of the Premier League Fund, which um, is something I want to give back into football. Is uh, this understanding and knowledge of of developing the grounds, and it seemed an appropriate way of doing it. Um, I'm, I'm in retirement, so I'm too old to be sort of thinking about working for the organisation. But it's uh, it's good to be able to bring a little bit of experience to uh, perhaps help other uh, clubs in in getting their kind of facilities they need to. Develop. And what's the role of the review panel within the fund? Uh, the review panel is, is uh, directly, f- the, the whole organisation is directly funded by the Premier League. And um, it's just good governance to check that money's being spent in the right directions on the right type of projects and is actually delivering the goals of the Premier League in the development of football um, throughout, from uh, uh, the very basic grassroots football through to the uh, through to the Premier League. That um, teams and clubs, uh, spectators are have an enjoyable football experience and want to go back. Because uh, this is probably one of the few times we're going to be talking about the Premier League on the Western League podcast without it relating to our Premier League. We are talking about the Premier League, aren't we? We're talking about the one we all um, watch on on telly. But but the fund covers um, clubs, obviously, from, from that, the very height of professional football, all the way down to grassroots football. It's a contribution from uh, the Premier League clubs. It, it's, it looks a relatively small percent, but in terms of the actual money these clubs uh, receive um, from the Premier League, then it's a substantial amount of money which can provide very much needed funds for uh, for clubs right down uh, right through down through the pyramid system, including the EFL, which of course I mean everybody um, has aspirations to uh, to reach that Premier League goal one day. In fact, I did mention to the um, CFO of the Premier League that uh, the one time he writes me a cheque I hope it's for Radstock Town's television money <laughs> around 80 million I suggested to him but he, he saw the funny side of it but I was being serious <laughs> I mean just out of interest who are the other people that sit with you on the um, on the on the panel uh, it's an illustrious group um, there is the head of the football found, foundation um, uh, head of the non-league system um, the CFO of the Premier League, uh, the head of the women's game, a um, number of other professional advisors, and the, uh, uh, I think he's the chair, I'm not sure, but of the, um, what they call themselves, the Sports Ground Safety Authority, who are very key in making sure that everybody is uh, safe when they visit football grounds. So they're part of the health and safety executive, I believe. Uh, Well, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about this is because obviously clubs at our level of football at steps five and six are entitled to apply for money through this fund, aren't they, to support their own ground improvements? 
Absolutely. There's there's two ways of raising funds. I mean, obviously, uh, probably everybody's familiar with the Football Foundation, who deliver a brilliant service into um, grassroots football, and their aim is is to develop football on behalf of the FA. Um, stadium grants are exactly what they say they are, and that's being funded by the by the Premier League. Um, clubs at five and six can get at the moment £100,000 um, on a 30% contribution, meaning um, if you want £100,000, you need to find £30,000 to contribute to your project. Um, one of the big considerations for clubs when they're looking at all this is, of course, VAT. Uh, they do, if you can... If you have got the levels of turnover to um, become that registered, it is in your in your interest um, because uh, your building supplies, whatever you need, will have VAT added to them. And of course, you're going to have to cover that. And unfortunately, the funds don't cover taxes. So just um, take a little bit of advice before you go launching launching into the. Uh, into applying for uh, grants, etc. But you do need to. Um, have your club in good order. Uh, you, your governance will be checked, um, but it shouldn't be anything that clubs who are being run correctly and properly don't have at their fingertips. I mean, constitution, for example, audited accounts for the last three years, the right structure. Uh, it's, it's all things that make for a good business, a, a sustainable business. And of course, we all know how volatile football is at the moment with all this money being spent on players and not on facilities and clubs on the brink. Um, Southend United, Scunthorpe United are examples of clubs overspending on players and not, not looking after their own governance. I, I guess that ground grading is a sort of a critical element of this because, of course, whether clubs need to maintain the facilities that they've got or whether they aspire to go up the pyramid and therefore need to have facilities that are commensurate with a higher level of football, ground grading, it, it, is that an important driver behind um, clubs um, applying to the fund? I mean, ground grading is, is seen as a, a necessary evil by a lot of clubs. Uh, now, I would dispute that immediately and saying, you know, um, if you're asked to provide seating for 100, your argument you get back is, why? We get 20 people watching us. Well, maybe if you supply the seating for 100, you might get 30 people watching you or 40 people watching you. If they haven't got to stand in a field and get muddy feet and wet feet, then you might get another 10 people. And if you've got a nice clubhouse where, where your people's uh, children are, are feel safe and looked after and are warm and got nice toilet facilities, you might get another 10 or 12. So from going from 20, just by building a stand and having a nice clubhouse, you might actually find you, you double your gate. I mean, the old adage, if you build it, they'll come, is probably true. Um, so uh, I... I firm believer that your facilities will grow your club and uh, the opportunity to have money is it's free money from the Premier League you don't pay it back it's not a loan I mean they will give you 70% of your of your grant application and if you spend it in the right way then you will find that you have a nice ground and I'm sure that your facilities will uh, your expectators expect uh, will improve you'll have a little bit more money to spend on your players a little bit more money to go up through the national league system um, obviously as you go through the national league system five and six is quite a liberal ground grading it's quite loose in the 
some of the interpretations, although the actual ground grade and document from the Premier League Fund, which you can get from uh, www.premierleaguestadiumfund.co.uk, will guide you in the right direction and will give you a lot of images and pictures where it was all words previously. It's now words and it's now pictures and words and a very simple to read template so you can compare what you've got with what you actually um, need to have at this level and what your aspirations can be for the for the next level. Um, certainly uh, it's £100,000 available from the Premier League fund at step five and six. It's 150 at step four and it rises, rise it up. So, um, and it covers every aspect of the uh, of of what you need. I mean, there's a few exclusions, but they're few and far between. Your basics, your from your pitch to your floodlights are are pretty much covered within within the grant. So, if, if a club say needed to replace their floodlights this season, but also had an aspiration to replace, say, their changing rooms next season, are there limitations on how frequently you can go in for this um, hundred and it's hundred thousand pounds at step five and six. Right. I mean, if you if you want to, uh, it, it you, your hundred thousand pounds basically sits there for five years. If you have a project, I mean, for example, at Radstock, we put new fencing in, etc., and the Premier League um, fund as part of that project was about twenty four, twenty five thousand. So technically, sat waiting for uh, an application from Radstock is, is 70 some, some odd thousand pounds. So we're quite at liberty now to apply for um, dressing rooms or a new tractor for the ground or whatever we we want to do. Um, there's nothing to stop you applying in, in phases or in one hit for everything you want, you want to do. You just have to make sure you have the basically a third of the uh, of the money available um, to support the project. I mean, it's not a, a give you money in the sense of, yes, the Premier League clubs probably could afford to give you 100%, but football is not a charity. Um, clubs have to take some responsibility for their own futures, and it's unfair to ask another football club to buy you a new ground. So it's it's right, um, um, I'll use a politician's phrase, it's right and proper that, <laughs> that clubs should contribute. Um, there are some exceptions. There are certain funds that the Premier League bring in as um, one-off specials, uh, which don't require quite so much. There's a certain grant um, system, uh, app- grant opportunity going on at the moment where there's only a 10% requirement. And that does include an amount of money for uh, 3G pitches. There's some women's football requirements um, don't actually uh, need a... Uh, a deposit, as it were, or a balance payment. So, I mean, it's quite flexible and it's uh, it's a relatively easy process. It's not a difficult process. You basically go onto the website, you make sure you've got your checklist of bits and pieces you need to upload, which will include, as I said previously, your constitution, your your structure of your company, your club, your, your status of your club. Um, the bits and pieces involved in what you actually want to do. Uh, one key one is you must be applying for planning. Um, it's not a prerequisite of getting a pre, uh, pre-approval for your funding, but we won't get your funding until you've actually got planning, if planning's required, or a letter from the planning office saying, no, on this case, you don't need planning because you're replacing like for like. So um, there are a few obstacles to getting the money, but it is a relatively quick process. I mean, it's being streamlined all the time 
Um, I'm at a meeting next week uh, to to review a number of, of, of applications. Um, I know the Football Foundation are keen to talk to clubs, very keen to talk to clubs who've got multiple teams to improve their facilities. You've currently got a, a Football Foundation grant available for uh, pitch improvements um, for clubs in the feeder leagues, uh, which is key. Uh, but what you have to do is be very realistic about what you want to achieve, what you can afford to achieve, uh, and in what timescales you want want to do it. One of the big issues, I suppose, for everybody, and it certainly came to light in the Western League a few years, are, is, is the gradient on grounds. Because uh, I think everybody's forgotten their maths lessons at school that teach you what a gradient is. The current uh, recommendation um, from the Football League or from the Premier League is that your gradient is only one in four. That means over 100 metres, you should only have a fall away of half a metre, which is not very much, really. And certainly... So certainly it's worth checking with your the area technical managers from the um, Football Foundation or uh, Premier League, whichever you get allocated to from whichever fund you're going for, about your actual suitability for doing what you want to do. And that's quite an important thing. Um, to re- Once you start your application process with the Premier League and with the Football Foundation, you will be allocated a technical manager who will, who will come to site, who will talk everything with you um, if, you're con- if you're applying for something that's complicated. If it's relatively straightforward, like the fencing we were doing at Radstock, it was all done with photographs, emails, and uh, um, the, the necessary documents. So it was all done online, in effect. Um there's no need for uh, intervention. However, if you put a new ground up, you obviously want somebody to come down there and tell you exactly what you need to put in put in place to get that ground compliant from day one, and what what funding you can get from various sources to to make sure that that new ground happens. So once the application's been made online, <clears throat> you say that the the clubs are allocated a manager to oversee that application and would that person be providing them with ongoing support about things like have you spoken to the local authority about getting planning permission you know have you thought about this have you thought about that when you go onto the website and you go in and start an application that's the point the technical manager will be informed i mean the uh, the system's quite slick it works very well you then have a series of pages which are relatively straightforward to fill in there are some words required at some point to explain your project to explain the needs here why you need it and just simply putting on there to meet grand grade is not enough you need to explain what's going on currently and what's not so you get a series of pages that are relatively straightforward to fill in you then um but you can save each page you haven't got to do all this in in one go you just save your page come back to it two days later you find something you haven't got okay great i'll save that page i'll go and find the information out make sure i've got it next time so you get through your application and your technical manager will talk to you once the application's been inputted uh if necessary as i said it could be done just simply by email uh, an email introduction then a, a conversation probably via email to start with to see who's going to visit who and if there's any need uh once that's gone through there, there are two levels to the review process if it's if the technical manager says yeah that's, that's this is a good application it's needed uh it can be recommended to the um, the hierarchy of the, the football um, of, of the panel, and uh, it's just signed off. I think it's up to about fifty thousand. They can just sign off, so that saves time, energy, and effort. 
if it's over that, then it comes in front of the review panel that, that I sit on. And have you found yourself um, supporting any clubs with their applications? I don't know whether that's probably whether that's appropriate given your position on the review panel. But I mean, if, if people were to say, ask your advice, because appreciate that for somebody of your knowledge and experience, these forms don't hold any fear. But of course, if you've never done one before, it can be quite a difficult challenge to, to start. So, I mean, have you been able to sort of support any other people involved in the game? I've offered advice around uh, around to people. I've never sat down and filled a form in for somebody apart from I've done a couple of schools uh, historically through my working life and a, an association with a local school who needed a, a business case um, for their their grant approval but that was a number of years ago I'm quite happy to sit down and talk to anybody uh, about their application I wouldn't make their application for them but I can certainly advise them if they wanted me to sit down in, in the clubhouse and have a chat through what they actually do need or how to uh, I had to put together a decent business case for getting a, a, a big wedge of fund. All I've got to do in, in, in the review panel is just declare an interest and just sit that one out, as it were, because obviously we're all football people. And certainly the guy who's, who's chair of the NLS, he knows everybody in football. So he's got a, f- a finger in every pie. So, I mean, if you've got a direct knowledge, then you just drop out the conversation, you declare an interest and, and drop out. So if there are people listening to this who are involved in a club that needs to make an application to um, um, renew or improve some of their facilities, are you happy for people to contact you? I am indeed, yeah. Come through to Western League and I'm quite happy to to go and have a chat to those guys. I mean, like I say, if you want, if you're actually going to make an application, the technical manager is the person, but get into the technical yeah. manager. You do have to fill in bits and pieces before, because they're busy people. There's not many of them and they are busy, busy people. I mean, the whole ground grading thing is is changing, as you probably all know. You've probably been made aware. I mean, uh, Andy Ralford uh, sent a document, the ground grading, new ground grading document to everybody quite recently uh, via the Western League. Um, uh, clubs will be expected to self-assess uh, to a certain degree. And then there's quite a slick process being put in place for those self-assessments to be reviewed. Um, as soon as an anomaly throws up, a club doesn't have two sides of its ground hard standing or doesn't, if it's a declared a three-side ground, doesn't have the third side closed off. If the photographs of its goalposts make them, they're still wooden and square, then uh, or the pitch is running off into the distance and you can't see it because it's below the horizon. I mean, it's... Um, it, it, that will throw up an anomaly, and you will get a visit from the FA's Grand Grading Inspectorate. And um, the, the issue that there's a number of clubs higher in the higher levels at the moment are uh, deemed as relegated clubs because they don't meet Grand Grading for the specific level they're playing at. So it's not a situation to be taken lightly, Grand Grading. It's very important for the future of football, for the future of development of football. And the FA see it as, as key. The Premier League see it as key. The Premier League are happy to fund as much as they can of it. Um, but it's up to clubs at, at local levels to to motivate themselves enough to to put into practice and get past the old, well, we don't have that many people here. It doesn't apply to us. Well, sorry, it does. It's, it's that serious then, is it? Because, I mean, I appreciate from my sort of time with the Western League, we I know we've got a ground grading officer and I know that we do visits over the course of a season to various clubs. Um, but from what you've described, is that function going to stay or is that actually that function is going to move to this inspectorate and ultimately 
the leagues themselves won't be in a position to be able to manage the process of ground development. It could it could lead to clubs being relegated from steps five or six. It could do, yeah, in theory. I mean, I can I know of. I won't mention their names, but for example, um, I, I know uh, there's one club at, currently out step two who um, thought they had a ground capacity of over 3,000. In fact, they've had 2,000 people on their ground. When they had a full ground inspection following their promotion to level two, their ground capacity was cut to 740, which means that they are technically a relegated club because they don't meet ground grading. Now, anybody who goes gets promoted uh, has until the following March the 31st to achieve um, that ground grading status. Apart from, of course, clubs coming into the National League system uh, at step six who have to achieve the ground appropriate ground grading level by March the 31st in the season prior to them being promoted into it. Floodlights being an exception, you can put those up after the event when you're actually promoted because everybody appreciates you don't want to spend 70 or 80,000 pounds on a set of floodlights if you haven't got to. But certainly further up the uh, the pyramid, there are clubs in fear of being relegated if they can't actually um, do the work required under the um, the ground grading documentation. Um, and as it's seen as a level playing field, albeit with various differences in standard, yeah, clubs will be relegated if they don't meet ground grading. I mean, it may be there has to be some dispensations in some circumstances. I mean, for example... Wiltshire's planning situation is in a mess. I mean, they're months behind in applications and everything else. So, you know, there's certainly no willingness on the FA to suddenly relegate lots of clubs. But, I mean, they're going to work with people who, who need work done on their grounds. Um, but if if you don't appear to be very willing to get started, then obviously there's nothing anybody can do to help you. I mean, just one final question, um, Dave. Um, when, when you think, obviously, your experience, uh, you know, is at steps five and six. Um, when you're looking at the way that clubs are approaching, not just their ground grading, but I guess the financing of, 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 of improvements, do you think the game at our level is in a healthy state? Or do you think that actually there's more work to do from funding bodies like the Premier League to actually put in place sustainable long-term facilities at our level? Uh, personally, I think we, we are all struggling. Um, I don't think there's enough duty of care placed on their facilities by the clubs. I mean, the clubs have a duty of care to provide a relatively safe or safest environment as they possibly can for players, spectators, children, and everybody. Um, so broken concrete paths, um, cold showers, poor perimeter fencing or, or walls is, is not actually looking after looking after everybody coming in. On the other hand, you've got in um, large uh, amounts of increased cost coming from the utility bills, from, from all these uh, outside influences that we've got no control over. So clubs need to look in slightly different ways. I mean, I've been trying to put together an environmental impact plan for us sort time to make us a lot greener club. Um, I'm currently looking at ground source heat heating um pump heating which is not inexpensive to install but actually means the club doesn't pay any heating bills in effect um especially if we combine that with solar panels so 
I would urge clubs, if they are thinking along this, yes, first of all, meet your grand grading requirements. But before you go leaping forward, I will look at whether you can actually save some money, which allows you to put into the future of your of your grand improvements through um, savings in um in, in what you're spending on utility bills. Um, also look at, uh, for example, Viridor. I have a great scheme for uh, supporting local sports, local communities. Uh, if you're if you're in one of their catchment areas, you can you can get very good sort of grant funding from it. And of course, that along with the Premier League means the club don't necessarily because it doesn't make any difference to the Premier League where the thirty percent comes from. I mean, it can be a council contribution. It could be a developers contribution it can be um, a benefactor it can be a, a waste company it can be anybody i mean you haven't got to pull it out of your own funds it can it, you know it can come from wherever you want so if you're a busy active club who's got sponsors got a lot of children's teams you've got a lot of input from from the community then it may be easy to raise the balance and everybody everybody wins Excellent, Dave. We could go on and on. Thank you very much indeed for your time. And um, I look forward to covering this issue again, I'm sure, on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks very much, Ian. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.